Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Summer love. Is that Greece? No, 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 no. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. You didn't even sing more than. No, because I didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> but let me, I knew let me, exactly let me do the rundown what you were doing. real quick. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Greece and any music in that genre. Beach Boys and any music in that genre. James Taylor, any music I in love that genre. James Taylor. Those three, Beatles, any music I'm with in you that on genre. The Beach Boys. I, All it's four not my of vibe. those, if I was a superhero, I would be crippled into a ball if you played <laughs> it's them your mildly. Kryptonite. Yeah. That it, would that would be it for me. I would be done. That would be it. You would win. You're, you're only listing those four, but I know that the list of like musical kryptonite is so much longer. Well, it is. Any country music ever made. <laughs> <laughs> also, classic rock is yeah. like a real big one for you. Yeah, what music do you like? Uh, French hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lo-fi beats. Uh, Anything made any, after 2010. Any, any rap. Uh, Creed and Nickelback. I'll listen to it. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is that of that entire list... Creed and Nickelback Make is on the, the is on, on the good the, side. On the good side. Yeah, they're on the good yeah, side. Yeah, that's my kryptonite. Um, funny random story yeah. is that when Jason and I went to a resort, this is like 2019. Remember, we went to Mexico and we went to this like romantic dinner on a rooftop oh, before. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was yeah. before our romantic yeah. dinner. We, we were like, let's go have drinks on the rooftop yeah. and pretend we're hip. Yeah. And we were on this like rooftop eat, drinking cocktails. It's beautiful. We're overlooking Gorgeous. the ocean. The I'm seeing the picture. The sun is setting. Oh my God. And There's then a guy people. steps up and yeah. he is, we're like, oh, acoustic live music. Like, yes, even though Jason doesn't like live I don't music. Love music. You just. So far, you sound <laughs> like a curmudgeon. I do love I listen to music mm, all day. Okay, okay. Anyway, so this guy, and I'm like, yeah, live music, romance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he plays a cover of Creed. <laughs> Can you take me higher? <laughs> he, he proceeds to play Can You Take Me Higher. <laughs> <laughs> if there was one song, literally one song we're that in, you did not want him to play. We're at a Mexican resort, and I'm like, maybe he's going to play some, like, I don't know, tropical. Yeah, some vibes, just some vibes. And he some local just, tunes. Yeah. No, no. Mariachi, Creed, anything. Creed cover band. Creed cover band. <laughs> and we have a video of me just dying <laughs> laughing of like, this, we also this looked, is what happened? We did look around because there were probably, I'd say 20 people on this rooftop yeah. terrace. And everyone looked as confused as we were. <laughs> we were all looking at Not each other a like, single really? person Creed? was like, this is what I expected. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought I was getting. Uh, and I, I almost love... forgot that that happened. And now I'm so it glad you brought it back. It is such a good memory. Yeah. I love that memory. Oh, that was such a great, uh, great trip down memory lane. So anyway, uh, for those of you who listened to any of those uh, bands that I just named, we can't be friends, unfortunately. Definitely, like based on the list that we covered, which was extensive mm -hmm. you offended everyone listening <laughs> yeah, to did. this everyone's like what the yeah. beatles yeah. and then people are like what classic rock what yeah. country music you offended everyone everyone's yeah. offended i'm hoping that there's one person who listens uh -huh. to this podcast of the nine that will email in and say i'm with you i don't like any of those either well which we, would be amazing we have, Ooh, also we, yeah we have to very clearly state that I don't think it's a matter of liking it. I think that it's probably some deep trauma that is associated with certain music that was, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like yeah, I really, I mean, it's, it's, it's like nonsensical the, how much it makes your skin crawl. It doesn't it, even It make also sense. does give me like a physical reaction. That's what I'm saying. It's not That's just. That's a trauma response. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like, we're getting into the deepness here. <laughs> I just think it it's is. not just like, uh, I don't like the way that sounds. Yeah. It's. Ooh, that sends tingles through my kneecaps. I don't want to listen to that. Yeah, tingly uh, kneecaps. Shifting gears, because who wants to hear me talk about my emotions? No one does, not even <laughs> Are me. Are you okay? Yeah, totally fine. Okay. Uh, one, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. If we did, I think it's fun to bring it back around. This is scaring you, but don't be, don't be worried. I promise <laughs> I'm not going to put you into a place. What did my face look like during that life? I did not really understand what yacht rock was. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so, uh, Michael McDonald. I love Michael McDonald. Put him on my list with Creed, Nickelback, and Michael McDonald. are so confused. <laughs> French hip-hop and Michael McDonald. Okay? Michael McDonald, Michael Bolton. God, you're a special person. Uh, just, yeah. Give me yeah. all the Michaels. They you're, make great music. You're a man of very varied tastes. I was listening to a podcast, no joke, two years ago. Yeah. And I heard Michael McDonald uh -huh. on a podcast. Uh -huh. uh, it was actually the uh, Wait, Bill Simmons you podcast. You heard the song or you heard the person? He, Michael McDonald Great. was on it with Bill Simmons. Great. 
And they were discussing Yacht Rock. Uh Uh-huh. And what did you think? I thought Yacht Rock was like Y-O-T rock. (laughs) Like it was a genre like alternative rock. Like alt rock. Alt rock. You thought alt rock and then yacht rock. rock. (laughs) Y-O-T. Yeah. I thought this was a genre (laughs) and I get it. I get that yacht rock as in the boat and the music that is played on boats is like a genre. Yes. But I thought it was not that. I yeah. thought it was alt rock yeah. as an example. To be honest, the guy who played Acoustic Creed would have been better served with a yacht rock, with a yacht rock set list. Pro- well, I don't know. Everyone seemed pretty happy on the rooftop. <laughs> uh, but I will say this was a moment for me when I was 36 years old as a human and I learned what yacht rock actually okay, was. Okay, in your defense, I do believe that yacht rock is like a fairly new genre yeah. that is created. I, th- Since... I think it's like playlist culture. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right, these, right, right. These, I don't, these like genres of I music that are created from like the like Spotify Pandora. world. I think actually Pandora is probably what started this. Probably. Because like as Pandora like you know created their music this... genome. Exactly. This <laughs> everybody thing knows what it was. Everybody knows when Pandora would remind you. Also guys, every five if you're seconds. not paying for Pandora premium also who who is still listening to Pandora. But if you are listening to the local ads on yeah. Pandora, please do, do you yourself a favor and pay $3. This hasn't happened definitely not in the past year because we haven't been in a store, but like it hasn't happened to me in the past like 4 years or so, but there was a solid chunk of time in like the early what was it around like 2010 to 2014 where I'd be like browsing in a local shop and it would be like you know playing like a little bit of Sarah McLaughlin or like a little John Mayer and then it would be like now to your Pandora ads (laughs) or whatever and you're like hey store yeah you can afford it pay the 12.99 it's a write-off as David (laughs) says in Schitt's Creek it's a write-off it's a write-off it's a write-off yeah so did it have any of you been served Pandora ads via a local boutique Uh, yeah it's so good also I would just be so curious to see that uh, chart of Pandora's users because I think at that time frame all-time high. Oh, my gosh. I think now it's just like Spotify has totally eclipsed them. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember when I, I discovered Pandora in college, and it was like so clutch because you'd go to the library and you'd put on just, you'd play one song. You'd yeah. put one song yeah. on. And, and it then, was just the genome. Oh, my God. The genome just knew the you. The genome. The genome. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, I don't know what my mic is doing. It's like flopping around here. Hold on. Oh, give wow. Me, give me one second. I don't want to be Who that. Who has the breasts now? Oh, the, well, I guess I do. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see here. Sorry if this is, um, I had my uh, the little thing on backwards. That's what it was. Uh-huh. I'm good to go. Um, let's give a health update. Let's do a hard pivot. Let's do a hard pivot into health. We got a lot of really nice messages after last week's episode, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you to those of you who reached out. Thank you to those of you who didn't reach out specifically because you thought it might make (laughs) me more anxious. Um, but I just, you know, whenever you're like super vulnerable, nor I'm fine with vulnerability. You guys know this is is part of my DNA, but even for me to like break down crying on a podcast when I'm having a bad day and I'm in the thick of it and I'm just at, at my wits end, that's, that's a little raw. That's yeah. more raw than I'm yeah. used to. So I just appreciate all of you meeting that with kindness and saying that it make my favorite comments are the ones that said like, I've never heard somebody talk about the grief of grieving normal when you're in a episode or, you know, and that it made you feel more seen in me discussing those feelings in real time as they were happening to me. And so thank you for receiving yeah. that. And I, I just, there's so much that we obviously don't share on this podcast because you're going through, you know, things every single day. And I think to give people that glimpse to show everyone else that might listen to this that goes through their own things, that that just happens to other people as well. It's just our subtle difference to all the podcasts out there that pretend like everything's fine all the time. And, yeah, or, and that's just or not to, life. Right. Or the thing that I see happening now, which is to share your struggles and to share your vulnerability, but but through a polished lens. You yeah. know what I mean? Like through the after, the filter yeah. of, and, and, you know, it's like the curated auth- authenticity or curated vulnerability. And, and we're certainly guilty of that at times too, because you do want to share from a place where you're already kind of moved on a little bit where it's not as raw, but every once in a while, I like to just give a window into what we're going through in real time. And so that it's not overthought and it's not polished and it doesn't feel shiny and like there's a lesson to it all. You yeah. know? Um, so the update. Okay. So the update is. Let's give a quick recap in case this is someone news. just like clicked into this episode. Oh, okay. So about three weeks ago now, I woke up on a Sunday and had really bad vertigo. Like, and dizziness is something that I've struggled with um, for many years, thinking that it was connected to my anxiety. And, you know, in some cases that might that might be true. But anyway, I had this different type of dizziness. It was intense and it was this vertigo spinning. 
um, that would happen. And so I thought, honestly, that it was a side effect of the vaccine because we had gotten the vaccine, my second dose of the vaccine on Friday. And I had no symptoms of the vaccine, no side effects of this vaccine. But then Sunday I woke up and I was like, oh, this is just like a late onset side effect of that. And I did find online that there was like 1% of people who were reporting vertigo in response. So I thought, whoa, I'm just like in that super rare percent that, you know, this is weird, but okay. So time goes on. The vertigo does not go away. In fact, I now I'm dizzy all day and it feels like I'm walking on water basically jello it just feels floaty i can't work out um i feel like i'm gonna pass out well anyway. you can work out you just can't work out right i can't yeah yeah yeah. i can i want people to know your things. streak is alive my streak is alive yeah. and i just crossed 150 days yeah and i feel incredible yeah i'm very proud of myself so yeah i can't do what i used to do um i i feel like unstable all these things and so just day after day and we thought you know it just happened to coincide with our Palm Springs trip. So we thought maybe after a week it'll wear off. It got a little better, but it didn't wear off. Yeah. Then, okay, so I'll spare you the details, but the way that things have got come together now is that I, what I really noticed it was like a couple of days ago, I got new glasses and I have something that's called binocular vision dysfunction. We figured this out at the beginning of 2020. I got a real diagnosis because I was having double vision. And this is not a thing that normal optom- optometrists test exactly. for. Yeah. So the only reason... I actually want to spend quite a chunk of time talking about this. because uh, At least five minutes. Because I really... I see that five minutes are available. Go ahead. Okay. Because I, I am... I want to be as vocal as possible about this because there are people suffering right now that don't know that this exists yeah. because the symptoms are so often mistaken for other things. So the only reason I discovered that this this condition exists is because I woke up in 2020 and had blurry vision, double vision. And I Googled all these different reasons for it. We thought it was anxiety. We thought it was my nutrition. We, you know, because I have all these other genetic things, weaknesses, genetic weaknesses <laughs> happening. And so I stumbled upon this condition called binocular vision dysfunction. What it means is your eyes are slightly vertically misaligned, meaning like they're not on the same horizontal plane. So one's a little bit higher than the other, microscopically. And what that does is that when your vision, your vision, the way that two eyes work is each one is forming a picture and your brain is matching them up together. And so if they're vertically misaligned, your brain is constantly in a state of trying to communicate with your eye muscles to match up that picture and it can't. And so it causes this this onslaught of symptoms from the misalignment and the mismatch between your brain, your eyes, and everything. And so it causes things like very specific symptoms that I was like, okay, this is me. Dizziness. Um anxiety is a huge one so a lot of people think they have you know general anxiety disorder but this is the underlying issue ADHD actually is a thing that a lot of people develop um you especially anxiety driving um sinus pressure and and uh head pain yeah you have a lot of trouble in like grocery stores where there's like aisles yep grocery stores is a specific one like if you get really bad anxiety or overwhelm in big box stores this was this is a very um specific also drifting like if you're if you walk and you tend to drift to one side of the sidewalk that's another one yeah you bump into me and i bump into you all the time when we're on walks i have to stop you and pull you aside (laughs) and watch the mic and let other people pass and be like excuse me I am allowed to walk as well, yeah. and you are bumping into me. Yeah, so I found this one article, and then I researched it, and not every optometrist can diagnose this. Um, I found a very specific optometrist who can who has all the latest technology and can diagnose it in L.A. We made an appointment, got, an, got the official diagnosis, got PRISM. So it's actually a pretty easy fix, which is the good news for a lot of people that have been struggling with terrible symptoms. You get a pair of PRISM lenses yeah. um, for your glasses, and... Yeah, it fixed a lot of it. And so that was when I finally got those glasses in 2020. I mean, that's the the year and a half I felt the best, you know, in the past couple of years. The problem is that I could tell at the beginning of this year that my prescription was starting to get wrong. You know, like these glasses that I'm wearing now. Your eyes were just changing. It's like anybody who has deteriorating vision. You just know when you're like, "Mm, things are a little bit blurry again. Well, and also what we now realize is that the prism glasses that I got from the optometrist Christmas rolled around last year and I thought, I want to change out my frames. And I found out that Warby Parker does prism lenses. And I thought, 
a prison prescription is a prison prescription. Yeah. I will just submit my prescription, get new glasses, which is the ones that I'm wearing right now. And now I'm thinking back and I'm like, I wonder if even these were not correct. Right. You know, like maybe they weren't as off, but maybe they weren't correct. What you just did with the recent appointment that we went on. Okay, so then, so I went, I made this appointment um, a couple, like a month ago, a month and a half ago, to update my prescription. They said, yes, your prescription does need a little bit of updating. And we would recommend a far away prescription and a close-up prescription because our inkling is that your eyes probably changed because you do a lot of computer work in the past year and you've just been spending a lot more time in front of a screen so you need a different prism for close-up so I said okay well then I go home and I think I'm gonna be smart penny saver Sally again and I'm gonna go take those prescriptions they gave me and order them at Warby Parker because through the optometrist it's like oh, almost it's like, 10 times the price. Oh, it's like 10 times the price. Yeah. yeah. And so very expensive. I think for lenses, for the, just the lenses, not even glasses, through the optometrist, it was like $400 each. And then yeah. these special lenses that they were trying to pitch me are like $800. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, I'm not going to go too far on this sidebar, but it makes you so angry because I'm like, there are just about everybody cannot afford that. Yeah. And it makes me angry to think that people are suffering because of money. And further to that is that when we looked up people who have purchased the more expensive lenses, they've said how much better they felt immediately. Exactly. So it's like the fact that only people who have access to spend that amount of money or to even put that amount of money on a credit card to have better vision, like, ugh, like just a further thing of like the healthcare system in the US and like all that stuff. And we don't have to get into any of that. But anyway, so through all these different things, we've, we've come to the conclusion okay. that... so. I get the new glasses from Warby Parker with the updated prescriptions. And I'm all excited because they're new frames and they're cute. I try them out on Saturday movie night. This is the night before the Sunday when this all started. This is the day after my vaccine. We do um, classic movie night and I wear the new glasses watching the two movies. And they're a little wonky, but I just think that's... The movies or the glasses? Both. Okay. (laughs) But I just think that's normal because, you know, when you try on a new pair of glasses, like it feels... There's an adjustment period. So I just think, oh, that's normal. So now I'm putting it all together that yeah. I really think my eyes were already fatigued. And then I think the the lenses were manufactured incorrectly, yeah. which I confirmed with my optometrist. And that's why I basically just tweaked my eye muscles to the point where it, it literally fritzed my brain. Yeah, my I, brain was like, oh, we don't know how to make sense of sensory information right now. And so it gave me vertigo. Yeah, And that's what I think happened and why the timing of that coincides. And then the confirmation of that is that two days ago, um, I felt so much worse. I was starting to feel a little better. And then two days ago, I felt so much worse to the point where I was nauseous all day. I feel, you know, like these waves of like, I'm going to fall over. And it's just, I cannot express to you how uncomfortable it is. And we realized that I had been trying to wear the new glasses that yeah. day. Yeah. And so the the bad news is it sucks to feel that way. And, the, and that I can't get the new glasses for probably another week. Yeah. And that it's very, very expensive. The good news is I do think that I have a potential solution to this problem. And my heart goes out to people who have mystery illnesses that they yeah. can't find a root cause of because I... I will say that the second I put it all together and had some sort of clarity on what was happening to my body, I felt such a sense of relief because I thought at least I know now what that there's a cause and effect, you yeah. know, that, that it makes sense to me rather than just being like, well, maybe it was a vaccine. Maybe it's my anxiety, right. whatever. And what's even crazier is now I'm looking back this whole time. I've thought I'm a person with anxiety. It has caused me to be dizzy. Now I'm looking back over like my entire, literally my entire life thinking, am I just a person who has had this eye condition, right. which has made me dizzy, which has caused my anxiety. Yeah. And I know it's a little bit of both. Cause I know, th- I know there's all kinds of psychological reasons why I have anxiety, but as far as the physical manifestations of that, um, I mean, I can remember like third grade is when I tell my mom that I can't see the chalkboard and I have to go get a prescription and I'm just wondering if it goes back as, I mean, which yeah, it probably does could. because yeah, it's, it's like if your eyes are misaligned, like, well, yeah, probably... sometimes they say it can happen because of like an incident, like a traumatic, you know, brain Fall. injury or something. Right. But I, I don't have any of that. So, um, in the other c- cases that it's just genetic that you yeah. just, that's anatomically how your eyes were were made well here's hoping that uh probably in the next couple episodes those new goggles will arrive yeah we'll get to try them out we'll see if there's some relief um i just wanted to share all of that i know it was a lot but because i'm such a 
I want to be an advocate for this condition because it is not talked about. I do not see a lot of information on it. And there, I know there are people out there who have these weird symptoms and they just think they have to live with them. And if I can help one person feel not dizzy or feel not anxious or alleviate their ADHD or any of these things, then I want to hopefully be that little yeah. serendipitous spark of information that leads them to relief. Well, well, we'll give you an update. As you guys know, we'll always update you on these things. Yeah. And, and hopefully we'll have some good news. You know, I think the very clear thing is that like when you're wearing the glasses you have now, not the new prescription, that's probably wrong with the lenses. Like you're definitely feeling better. Like right. I can it's just not tell. as bad as the wrong prescription. It, exactly. It's so sort of... I think that's a very clear like cause and effect. We can see that. So yeah. anyway, that is a lot of preamble today. But you guys, you know, we're just the preamble part of the show. Yeah. You know, what is it all for? Why have a podcast if you're not going to do preamble? Exactly. Let's get into the topic of this episode. We wanted to share our summer hiatus Plans. break. Um, sabbatical, whatever word you want to use, plans, and and just kind of talk about taking breaks when you run your own business and and what that looks like and, and how that feels. And if you don't mind, I would love to start with kind of this idea of working less guilt. Mm-hmm. So I talked about this in, in the Wandering Aimfully newsletter last week. And it's, but just to be clear, the guilt of working less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard when you haven't seen it written out. Working yeah. less guilt. Yeah, it's it's the guilt of working less. And, and I think that there is something that Everyone who works for themselves feels this. And at some point or another, you get to a place where you go, I'm not taking weekends off. I'm not taking nights off. I'm not spending time with my kids. I'm not spending time with my other. Like all I'm doing is working because when you have an online business, there's so many things to do that you end up trying to do them all because you're trying to succeed. You're trying to grow. You're trying to get things going, whatever. And taking a break feels like you're not going to move the needle at all right taking a break feels like a missed opportunity absolutely and and i think for us over the years and we definitely want to talk about how this has kind of changed for us but the thing that i really realized the other week was i worked probably 10 hours or or so Mm -hmm. and part of that was because you weren't feeling great and so i wasn't feeling great Mm -hmm. part of that was just the nature of we've been working a good amount the beginning of this year Part of that is we are getting into the summer months, which is when we naturally slow down. And I think just as humans, we want to like be outside and be doing things. Part of that is the pandemic. We've been cooped up for 15 mm-hmm. months and not been able to do much. Like, there's so many things. But all I could feel every day as I'm working for myself, working for us, not doing a lot and thinking, oh, I should I should be doing more. Yeah. Like, I feel guilty right now because I'm not doing the work I should be doing. Yeah. And I just think that that is something that we all need to talk about more and we all need to try as as much as we can to fight that mm-hmm. and to carve out time for ourselves that is not spent every day working and thinking about work. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is I don't know if you resonate with this feeling, but you know, those weeks that are lighter where I'm not working as much, I feel in a way like I'm cheating. Yeah. It feels, especially for us at this point in our business, we've definitely reached this level where things are working. We are making enough money, um, which is very different than the entire, you know, journey thus far. Like we've now gotten to this place where we don't have to scrape for every dollar, for every, you know, hustle all the time. And it feels like, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. It feels like there's some cosmic loophole that I've found and that I'm not a good person if I'm resting yeah. um, and not working every moment. And I think that, like you said, we need to challenge that because, again, going back to the title of this podcast, what is it all for? What is the work all for yeah. if not to enjoy your life, to be away from the computer, to be able to be innate, however you want to spend your time, you know? Um, And yeah, but it is this weird feeling of like, oh, we're cheating. Yeah, and it was like I wrote in the newsletter, which was a very confusing sentence, but it was like the best way I could think to say it, which was like, what is all the doing for if the doing doesn't allow you to stop doing. Yeah. And it's it when you think about that, you're like, yeah, why am I working all these hours if working all these hours doesn't give me the time to stop working all the hours? Right. And and I, I, I want to definitely jump on what you just well, talked about. I just want to, sorry, I just want to butt in, because you're right. The whole time you feel like you're sort of like trying to climb this mountain and you're like, one day I'm yeah. going to get financial yeah. security. Yeah. One day I'm not going to have to work so hard. But then you get to that day and you're like, oh, but it doesn't feel good to not work as hard because you've yeah. conditioned yourself at that point, right? Well, and I think the other part of that is there is no one day. 
Yeah. This is such an important realization that I don't think anyone can tell you. You just have to experience for yourself. So for us, there was never a moment, uh, like one day when we got to, because we even do like an open and closed launch of, of our main business, Wandering Aimfully, and that is when we get the bulk of our revenue. But even at the end of that launch, on the day when our revenue has gone up to a place where like, okay, great, we're at our enough number, like we don't have to be hustling so hard anymore, like we're, we're good to go for at least the next six months to a year or whatever. Even on that day, it doesn't feel like that's the day. No, because you're like, then you're just like, yeah, but what happens after those 12 months? You know, your brain still looks ahead and yeah. goes, it could all go away. But you just, you really have to train your brain to um, recognize when those thoughts come up and that that urge to continue to push as hard as possible and you just have to like fight against it and fight against the current of those thoughts so that you can really find a pace that feels balanced and enjoy your time yeah so we talked about this before we started recording what we don't want to do is like sit on our ivory towers over here in that we've made it in business and like Here's all you need to do to do all this stuff. What we wanted to do was kind of go back in time. Sure. But I wanted first, we didn't even really give people context for taking the summer off and like oh. our plan. Okay. And so I kind of wanted to tell people how we came to that decision, how we're planning on it going, um, how that fits into our business now. And then maybe we can lead that into the conversation about we know that not everyone is going to be in a place to be able to take an entire summer off of their business. Right. Um, but maybe take people back to the beginning and see how did we plant these seeds of rest in from the beginning and how did it grow over time. So let's Great. start with our plan for our summer sabbatical. I like the alliteration personally. Summer sabbatical. So yeah. I'm going to go with summer sabbatical. Great. Fantastic. So our plan is essentially to stop external work, which really when we boil it down, it's our newsletter. Content. Yeah. Yeah. It's our newsletter. Uh Instagram, I think we've kind of been quiet for the past month or two anyway. We're probably going to continue to be fairly quiet on that as well. But between now, as of recording this end of May, until August 2nd, we're going to take a break from uh, sharing our newsletter. Yep. This is not the first time we've taken a break from it. Uh, I believe last summer we took a month off, but this summer we're taking essentially two months off yep. completely. And that's kind of the first thing that we're doing. Yep. The second thing is for this podcast, we're going to record episodes through June. So mm -hmm. you'll get to hear our, our little voices, in your, voices in your ear balls. You get to hear me talk about the delicious sour sourdough cinnamon roll I had right before. Hey, that this. looked so good. Woo! Sourdough cinnamon rolls, folks. Gluten wow. tootin' girl could have some, she would. <laughs> You're a gluten tootin'. Uh, so we're going to do the podcast every week in June. And then in July, we'll take a break from the podcast as well. And then we'll come back in August. So we'll have... August is going to be a real boon for... August is going to be a, a boon. Um, and then otherwise, I think our just kind of internal discussion is just about slowing down. Mm -hmm. The thing that we're not going to be doing is just like shutting our laptops and just <laughs> laying out in our side yard, you know, tanning for 12 hours a day. Because A, we would get tanning. bored after two hours. B, protect your skin. You got to. There's not enough suntan lotion in existence for that <laughs> you amount know, of tanning. The sun is strong. So we'll just be poking around projects. Uh, our our Wayne, paying Wayne members are still going to get access to us as they would. Um, that doesn't take so much work that it feels like we need to stop doing that. We definitely do take times off of that group in general anyway. So, but you know, for the most part, that's kind of the plan. Yeah. So it's really just a break from content creation yeah. for basically two months. Yeah. And um, we've talked about this, even though it's not that much time, it does take a lot of creative energy and it does take a lot of you know, consistency to continue to show up. And it takes up brain space. It's one more thing. It's one more thing. So we've made that decision. Um, and I'll just be honest, like, I was really uncomfortable. Even yeah. though we've done it many times. But it definitely gave me this pause of, like, it feels wrong. It feels like the goal, especially because we do talk about consistency so much, which is true. But consistency doesn't mean always right consistency means showing up when you can and showing up intentionally um you know week after week after week or whatever your schedule is but that doesn't mean you can never take breaks it just means like again take intentional breaks let your audience know communicate with your audience but you have really opened my eyes to this idea of taking a break before you need it yeah and it took us many many years to figure this out because we've brought ourselves to the edge of burnout so many times over the edge of burnout I think that's that's step one is like you go over the edge of burnout and you're burnt out and then you're forced to take a break yeah. and that feels shitty. Then you learn a little bit and you go, 
okay, when I start to feel burnout, now I'm going to take a break before it absolutely wrecks me. And you're like, you pat yourself on the back. You're like, whoa, I took a break when I was burnt out. Great, great, great. Then I feel like the next level of orange belt or whatever (laughs) is like, oh, let me take a break before I even feel burnt out so that I never get to that edge again. And that's, I feel like, I feel like we're orange belts now. Yeah. And I, I, there's definitely a feeling of, oh, if we take a break, newsletter subscribers are going to stop signing up. Yeah. Uh, When we come back, no one's going to open the emails. Everyone's going to disappear on our Instagram account. All of our podcast listeners are going to go away. Um, Everyone's going to cancel their WAME and Tea Tree accounts because we aren't showing up. Right. Like, that, those are all the fears, right? Yeah. And and they are not unfounded necessarily because you're doing something that you really haven't done that much before. But I think history has shown us for the taking a break from our newsletter, when we come back, people are excited. Right. And we've created this, this kind of separation for a little bit where you really get people to see, oh, I do enjoy those people showing up in my inbox every Monday. I do enjoy getting a new podcast episode from them every Thursday. And it's the same for us with other people. Totally. Like we subscribe to plenty of other things. And when those people take a break or when they do anything, you really find out what content you miss. You find Absolutely. out what people that you're, you're like, like, Oh, they haven't posted in so long. Exactly. And I think that that's part of it's, it's goes back to the episode on the art of making it hard. Lol is yeah. Like take it away a little bit from yeah. people and, and show them like we have some boundaries. We want to make sure we're taking care of our mental health and recharging our batteries. And also, if you really like this, well, hopefully you'll stop just reading it and archiving it because you get it every week and you'll realize like, oh, I should have replied the like seven times they asked me to reply and say hello because I really do like this. But now that yeah. it's gone for two months, I'm going to miss out on it. And this is totally going back to the art of making it hard, lol, is that the people who drop off because you went away were never that engaged to begin with. Absolutely. And you have to remind yourself of that. The, if if you're afraid that people are going to stop caring about your content because you left for four to eight weeks, that relationship was so fragile to begin with. Yeah. And that's okay because you don't want fragile connections in your audience. You want deep, lasting, foundational connections. And we that's our business ethos is just to... to you know, keep the people around who respect our boundaries, who know that we need time to recharge. And you and I talk about this a lot. I always go back to like the music industry mm, and the bring way it back to the beginning of this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Creed. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but the way that musicians, you know, release an album and then they're everywhere. Right. And they have, it's Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor Swift is a bad example because she releases an album like every five seconds now yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> because pandemic, but you know, uh, you they release an album and they're everywhere yeah. and they're singles, single after single and whatever, and then they disappear for like a year or, or two, two or three, and yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. What have they been doing? And it's like, oh yeah, they've been away from the public eye so that they can work on their craft, work on their music, live life, so they have something to write about. Yeah, and that's part of it too. Is like we want to bring you guys fresh content, fresh perspectives. We want you to see our growth, and we sort of need time to marinate as human beings in order to bring fresh perspectives to you so we're not just regurgitating the same stuff over and over yeah and i think that's part of this summer sabbatical for us too is is not like again we're not going to close our laptops and not be doing anything we're going to be working on other things but by clearing out a little bit of the mental clutter and a little bit of the to-dos it'll allow space for other things to come up right and you don't know what opportunities and what ideas and what things are going to come up when you don't have any room for them to appear. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of why taking a break before you feel like you need a break is such like an advanced orange belt move is that you can go, yeah, I feel like now would be a good time. I have a little bit of breathing room and I can see what's going to happen during that time Mm -hmm. off. And if it's nothing else than just relaxing and spending time with friends and family and, you know, just kind of being, then that's also great. And you can just do nothing. Totally. So now I think that makes, gives people a lot more context for us to say, we understand that most people are not at a place in their business yet to be able to just take a month or two off. And we understand that because you need money coming in the door. You need to support your family, your lifestyle. And we get that. But that doesn't mean that you can only take breaks when you reach a point of financial stability. In fact, I think it's incredibly important to build in breaks before you think you can so that you are training yourself along the way um, to have those boundaries and like what that feels like to rest. Because the truth is, you're probably going harder than we are right now. Oh, yeah. And so who needs the break more? Not us, you, yeah. listener. You know, so um, I wanted to take it back to the beginning and 
and ask what were some ways when we were when our businesses were not in a place where we felt like we could take breaks what are some ways that we still tried to build that into our design of our business yeah i want to talk about two specifically one is right after i retired from shirt wearing Uh which was like extreme burnout time and then i want to talk about 2014 when we kind of recalibrated and we were getting into a little bit of a rhythm but we still carved out time yeah so the first one may 2013 i retired from my i wear your shirt business Mm -hmm. after five years of working way too hard every single day producing an ungodly amount of content every Mm -hmm. day of my Mm -hmm. life and, and while that whole journey has served me so well and continues to serve me so well, it left me so burnt out. It left, me, it left us in a ton of debt. I never asked you this. Did you think I was going to leave you when you weren't the t-shirt guy anymore? I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired. You're like, she can leave. I, anybody I can't can leave. do this. Plaques, please stay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 2013 me, uh, I finally get to this point where I'm just like, I, I have had enough. And maybe you, listener, have gotten to this point as well. This is that moment where you're just like, I can't possibly even look at my email. I can't do anything. I'm just so mentally fatigued. Mm -hmm. And what I told myself at that point was, if right now I don't just take a month to do absolutely nothing, what's going to happen? Like, I'm going to end up in such a worse off state than I am now. And what I told myself was, this is why credit cards exist. Mm -hmm. This is why debt is a thing that can be leveraged for some good, is that short-term pain of putting a rent payment or anything on a credit card and like groceries and all that stuff and piling up a little bit extra debt. It's not something we advocate often. But for that month, I just told myself, I'm not going to try and scrape money. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try and do extra work. I need to not do anything. Mm -hmm. I need to sit on the couch and I need to just relax. And my, my brain is fried. And I remember that month, the entire month, just feeling number one, a huge sense of relief because I finally gave myself a break, Mm -hmm. but then going by the end of it, like, Oh, I'm ready to do things again. And every day it was a step away from I'm so burnt out, I can't do anything. I'm struggling to then by the end of the month going like, oh, I'm actually feeling empowered. I'm feeling interested again. I'm feeling creative again. And I can do something again. We talk about this idea often of one step backward for two steps forward. And it feels like that's what you did. You said, I'm going to take one step backward, which is the debt and, and, you know, sort of piling that on a little bit in order to take then two steps forward with a little bit more gas in the tank because you had nothing left to give. Um, And I don't think that that solution is right for everyone. I think some people know that the the financial weight of that that extra debt would actually make it worse. worse. So this is up to you to have the self-awareness to know whether that could be a good choice for you or not. But do whatever you have to do to find that little bit of leverage Um, you know, whether it's like asking for one month for your mother-in-law to take the kids on weekends for four weekends in a row, even though that feels impossible to you so that you can do nothing and watch Netflix and just recharge the batteries. I don't know what that is for you in your life, but sometimes you really need to take that one step backward in order to take the two steps forward. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of the first big break when I was really in the thick of it. And then I think for the rest of 2013, you know, we were both really in work mode. We were trying to figure stuff out. We were, um, you know, working with some financial advisors to like figure out our debt plan and like how we could do all that. And 2014 rolls around and I feel like we both kind of got in our groove. Like Mm -hmm. you were working on Made Vibrant. I was working on Jason Does Stuff. And it wasn't necessarily like those businesses were humming along. Like we were basically living like week to week, month to month on figuring things out because we didn't have any recurring revenue. I mean, there's just nothing that was predictable, I would say. But I remember we had a conversation where both of us were, we would go on walks or whatever and it'd always be like, oh, like how much more stuff do you have to get done? Like, oh, I mean, there's always more work to be done. You know, like I could work all, all hours of the night. And we finally just said like, if we don't figure out a way to take time off now, we're never going to allow time for it. Mm -hmm. And that was when we instituted Free Your Mind Fridays. Mm -hmm. And this was on Fridays, it's no calls. Mm -hmm. It's no work if possible unless there's just like something really important. It's just us doing nothing. Yeah. And and usually it was, it's being outside. So do you remember we would go to the beach or we would try out a new restaurant. Go to the movies. We would go to the movies. But it was outside of our house. Yeah. And so... That was a perfect example of when on paper, we did not have any business saying, oh, let's sacrifice these hours on a Friday. But what it did for us was create enough mental space to, again, take one step backward, to take two steps forward. And 
that is just, I think, such an important thing to do um, when you don't think like you when you don't think you can, because that's when you need it the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the idea of when you don't think you can, there's a lot that's manufactured there based on external pressures. Right. And those are things you just have to challenge and you won't know until you actually challenge them. Yeah. And I, I think I've heard this from a bunch of people. We obviously don't have experience having kids, but like my good friend, Jeff Sheldon. Although who, we do give great got parenting a lot advice. Of good parenting advice. So much good parenting don't advice. Don't give them an ice cream cup with a cone or don't give them an ice cream with a cone. Give them with a cup. <laughs> it's good parenting advice. We're cuppers. We're cuppers. Uh, Jeff, who runs Ugmunk, mm-hmm. I remember he and I used to do a monthly call and we would just chat about business stuff. And when his first kid was born, we had this call and he was like, I now have to do all of my work right. in like 20 hours every week. Right. And I have no idea how I wasn't getting it done in like the 60 to 80 hours I was working before. Right. And he was like, having a kid was actually one of the best things for my productivity because I literally only had this amount of hours right. to work. And I got better and I got rid of all the things that didn't matter and yep. I just focused on what mattered. And, and I think that's a really important lesson in if you're someone listening to this and you're working five, six, seven days a week and you're thinking, I can't even take off weekends and I know there are some of you listening who don't, it's really important for you to challenge that. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for you to go, well, am I actually working productively or is this work expanding to fit the container of a seven that I'm day allowing work week it to exactly fit and, and i and listen we totally sympathize with sometimes you just get busier and you have a lot more work and it takes a lot longer but for, for the majority of us especially those who work for ourselves we should absolutely be able to at the bare minimum not work on weekends but also try and fit all of your work into a four-day work week in mm-hmm. some some way. And it may not happen the first week. It may not happen the second week. It may not happen the third week. But we did Free Your Mind Fridays for, what, two years? Yeah. At least a year. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely some weeks when it was like, okay, I got to do like one hour of work on a Friday. Right. And we're like, that's okay. Yeah. But for the most part, it was I'm trying to get everything done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday so that I know Friday I'm not going to be doing anything and I can – be, be kind of changing the way that I'm working every week to be more efficient. Absolutely. I think the other thing to challenge yourself internally is, am I being patient enough? Am I, do I think that I have so much work to do that I have to fit in because I'm trying to reach my goals on such an accelerated schedule because, because of whatever, because I want to prove it to people faster, because I want to you know, get to the mountain faster, whatever it is. And I wonder how much extra pressure you're putting on yourself because you're trying to get there so fast instead of taking a step back and going, listen, it'll take me a year or two years, but it'll be sustainable. And I won't sacrifice all of these mental health things along the way. Um, And so I think letting, taking the foot off the gas a little bit will maybe allow you to say, you know what, there is actually room in my schedule for me to take a break or... Yeah. Um, it just requires a little bit more patience on my part. And then how good does it feel? Like, I think that's yeah. the other thing that what you don't realize when you're not taking breaks, even if it's one day per week or a half a day per week. I mean, please, again, take weekends, but then also try and carve out some time during the week is, oh, wow. Like when I'm on this day off, quote unquote, I'm feeling like, oh, I've got a bunch of ideas. I've got a bunch of things that are interesting me. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now like putting together a bunch of things I couldn't figure out. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because you're creating space, mental mm-hmm. space that you don't have that you're filling with other things. So um, that's kind of how we went from like the very first one to the Free Your Mind Fridays. And I think we wanted to talk about oh, in yeah. 2015. Yeah, then 2015, I remember rolled around and we were doing a little bit better, but still, still kind of... Um, was not in any place to be able to take a financially financially to take a month off. I think we hadn't even finished. We were probably close to paying off our debt, but hadn't paid it off yet. And I remember I just said that that was the year I launched better branding course. That was the year I started painting. And it was just like, we were trying to fit in a lot. And I just said to myself, this was in like November. And I was just like, I am done. Like I need a break. And I was like, all I want to do for the month of December is just paint and like listen to podcasts. Christmas music. Christmas music and joy. And I just kind of laughed at myself. I was like, oh, well, can't do that, you know? And then I thought, well, why? Who's telling me that I can't do that? Um, And so we had a couple of things planned and I came to you and we were like, yeah, let's just not not do do that. And um, even though it felt really like a stretch, it felt so good to just 
say I'm the boss of me and to take that entire month off to enjoy the holidays and enjoy life. And I think that was a real tipping point to show me that, you know, the the thing didn't come crumbling down because I took that time off. If yeah. anything, I, I started the year so fresh. Yeah. And I think it was that point forward where we said, you know what, for the every most December. part, every December yeah. we're going to take off. Yeah. And again, not everyone can do that. I understand you know, that's an important time of year for many businesses and that's okay. But it's just the nugget that I hope you take from that is constantly questioning yourself and asking like, oh, you know, that would be a dream to be able to take X, Y, and Z time off. Well, could you? Yeah, exactly. Could you challenge yourself to say, I'm the boss, so why don't I build this into my work schedule? what right now is your December off? Right. So is it a week in August? Is it a week in October? Is it the first week of the year, like whatever it is for is you. Is it a week every month? Yeah. Is it, it the last week of the month? Every single month. What would it, that look like? And it's about starting with one day. It's about starting mm-hmm. with one weekend. It's about starting with one week. But if you don't ever start to take those breaks, you're never going to get to the place where we are now, which I'm not trying to say is like where you should be. But I'm just saying we feel so amazing that we get to be able to take off this time this summer. And yeah, it, we absolutely do feel a little bit of guilt. We do feel a little bit of, um, you know, like uh, like you said. what Cheating. W- cheating. Yeah, like, uh, uh-oh, you know, are we going to get caught doing this? <laughs> and who's going to catch us? Yeah. Us and, and, and our future selves saying, thank you for taking that time off. Like, this was great for you to recharge your batteries. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think this is just such an important conversation that is not had enough in the online business space because the online business space, everything that gets shared and talked about and and praised is money and how quick people made money and how quickly their business started and how quickly they got this product created and like all these different Mm -hmm. things there are no articles that get shared around of like ah but they just did it slowly and calmly (laughs) how i reached my personal goals in six and a half years with (laughs) many failures along the way i wanted to write that article that was like how I made six figures in seven years. Yeah. It was like, it was going to be a completely like satirical article of just like all the things that I did that were slow and patient and whatever. Yeah. And no one would probably read it, right? I mean, right. it just, it doesn't, doesn't get shared. But there is just something really interesting about pushing back against these societal pressures, which you talked about in a previous episode recently, really knowing like, this is my business. This is my life. And more life. importantly, yeah, this is my life. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. Business is just something that we do because money exists and we is just a, a necessary, you know, thing that it requires for us to live life. But always remembering if it's between business and life, choose life. For sure. And, and there is just this, especially here in America, there is this thing that has been ingrained in us for a hundred years of just work hard, you'll achieve your dreams and all. And how many people do we know have worked hard their entire life? And they have not achieved their dreams. Yeah. So what and what we, have they lost along the way? Exactly. And so what we really try and do is figure out how can we achieve some of our, of our dreams now? now? And how can we use our life and our time and our decision making and our ability to take breaks and our ability to work harder at times now to have a life that we truly enjoy? Mm-hmm. And I think we're just here to tell you on this podcast that it's not going to be easy. No one's going to be able to give you a plan or a blueprint that's going to make it happen for you in your specific circumstances. But it absolutely can happen. And Mm -hmm. it's also about defining what that means for you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean running a business that makes six figures. Like that's an arbitrary amount of money that was made up that people said was great. And so if you make $30,000 a year, but it's enough for you to live the life you live and take the breaks that you can take, you're doing it. You're winning. You've made it. That is great. And that is good enough for you. So I just think that that's such an important conversation. It's not being had enough. We're grateful that we're in a place to do that. Um, I definitely wanted to touch on this episode, just how good we feel and how grateful we are that we have this opportunity to A, have a podcast like this that people listen to, B, have an audience of email subscribers that care about what we say every week, C, have a group of paying members who like the coaching that we offer for business and kind of our perspective on things, and just the fact that like we have been able to cultivate this really small community in the grand scheme of things but it is absolutely enough for us to live the lives that we want. And every single day, I think we talk about this of like just how much gratitude we have for it because eight years ago, it did not exist. Totally. And I don't think we could see it getting to this place. And now that we're here, it's hard to really appreciate it every day because it goes by every day so quickly and you just kind of live it. 
but it is truly amazing. And I just, I, I want everyone to know who listens to this podcast, especially this far into episodes, you matter so much to us. And we're so grateful. And I wish that I could go back and tell two years ago me or three years ago or five years ago me, us, who felt like we were scrambling all the yeah. time, who felt like every time we would try something and it wouldn't work the way we wanted to, feeling like, are we missing something? It, you know, are we dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Do we not have what it takes? Um, did we miss the boat? Um, all these things, all these things that we wondered, I wish I could go back and say, keep going because you will get to where you're trying to go. Yeah. And it won't always be this hard. And so I can't tell my previous self that, but I can tell you listening that it's just going to take time and it's going to take you not giving up. And, um, it's going to take you having tremendous self-awareness and asking yourself every day, what do I need? What do I want my life to look like? How can I reconfigure my business to become a tool to get to that that life that I want? How can I challenge the norm? Um, how can I challenge everyone named Norm? How can I challenge all the norms yeah. that exist? Because, yeah. you know, they know what they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's that's just what I want to leave you with is just keep going. And um, I believe you'll get there. Yeah. And just really question, like, what is it all for in all the work that you're doing? All right. the time you're spending, all the hours that you feel like you might be struggling or you're stressed out or you're overwhelmed. Like, why are you doing all of that? Mm-hmm. If not to take a break every single week, every single month, a couple times, you know, whatever it is for you that you can do, try and carve out that time. Give yourself that time off. And, and hopefully we'll hear from some of you who've decided after listening to this episode, you know what, I am going to take a month off this summer. And even if it's just taking a month off of writing a newsletter or whatever, right. If it's something that'll give you some extra mental space to spend with yourself, with your family, with your friends, with whatever that you weren't going to have because you didn't listen to this podcast episode, like I think that's going to be an amazing transition for some people. Mm -hmm. So, all right, folks, that'll wrap up this episode. We will be back, like we said, uh, every week in June, and then we're going to take off of July and you're going to miss us so much. You forgot. Oh, movies. You you almost just signed right on off. Do we have time? Uh, Let's do short one. Short movie. Well, that is short because it's really only one movie. Yeah, we started watching. We had two movies on the lineup. Yep, it was a Harrison Ford. It weekend. was a Harrison Ford doubleheader. Yeah. We started with the original Blade Runner because yes. I was really excited to watch that. I've seen Blade Runner. What is it? Twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine. With and I really liked the it. Gauze. With the gauze. Yeah. And I really liked it. Um. And so I was like, I want to see the original. And so we started the original. Before that. What? We got to the page on on the movies app. What did it say? First line. Oh, it yeah, the what was it? The best it widely regarded as the number one the number sci-fi one sci-fi movie, movie of, of all, all time. time. And I was like, what it said. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we started. And granted, it's made in the eighties. So like we're going in with low expectations because it's in the eighties. That's a hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, it was a combination of um I was wearing the incorrect aforementioned <laughs> incorrect glasses. Yeah. So I was I like to call it poisoning my eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just watching some poison vision. And so I started feeling really uncomfortable, but I think it was the combination of the incorrect glasses with the absolute uh, slowness yeah. of the movie. It's not only, it's it's the tone of the movie as well. The because tone. Ridley Scott directed this movie. He also directed Legend, which we tried to watch like a month or and two ago. And you guys ago. know, I had to turn it you off. You had to turn that so, movie so off as well. So we're thinking maybe I have a deep, yeah, like it, aversion to Ridley. Scott. I think you have some trauma to Ridley Scott, I like I, I have do. to James Taylor. Maybe I do, um, but <laughs> not yeah, trying to laugh about trauma. We're not. Just laughing about like this specific example. Yeah, we're not trying to belittle trauma. Just yeah. our way of coping is laughter. So yeah, we yeah. do that sometimes. So we got through about ten minutes. I was going to ask Runner. how far we got through. I don't remember. Ten minutes. And you just, I was just watching you out of the corner of my eye. I was feeling sick. I was just swaying. Like, yeah, it was not good. I was, was like, not, all right, we're turning this off. Yeah, you always look at me. And you're like, are you okay? And I have to be like. No. I'm really not. I'm really not. So we turned off Blade Runner. In fact, it was not the number one sci-fi movie of all time for us. So <laughs> I uh, mean, maybe I'll try it again without Poison Vision, yeah. but... What do you give the 10 minutes that you saw? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, no, I can't. <laughs> you give it just a... Four? You give it a four. That's higher than I actually thought. I mean, thought. it had visuals. Harrison Ford. And it had Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. And there were some cool angles. Yeah. I get it. All right. I'll roll with a four as well. Okay. Sure, sure. Um, okay, so then we went to Harrison Well, and then Ford. you looked at me and you said, can you 
do you want to just be done? And I really was looking forward to movie night. So I said, no, let's try Firewall. Right. And I said, I think if it's faster, I'll be better off. Right. And I was correct. Yeah. A much faster if movie. If it's not Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Firewall is like, um, it's a genre yeah. that I like to call family kidnapping. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Okay. You guys know the ones where there's a ransom involved. Yep, yep, yep. Family members are kidnapped. Yep. Some person who's usually technologically savvy needs to either hack into a bank yeah. or hack into a give something, give some access, yeah. nuclear codes, like something, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Liam Neeson, yeah. you know. There's usually a briefcase of some sort involved case, or yeah. some type of thing. And so this movie was about that and I, very enjoyable, Who I was think. the bad guy? What's his name? The bad... He plays oh, oh, Vision oh, in Paul Marvel. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's, he's great. great. He's a great I actor. can't think of a time when he's not a bad guy. Yeah, uh, I love jumping... Well, I guess Vision, he's not a bad guy. Kind of a bad guy, but then oh, not a okay. bad guy, yeah. Um, I love... You are a bad guy, but you, you are, are not a bad, bad guy. guy. Thank you, Rekker <laughs> Uh There... There's a great scene towards the end of the movie where the whole movie takes place in Seattle. Uh-huh. It's rainy. It's just you know pouring. They're in you know skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like city life. They live outside of the city, so that that's kind of nice. But, and a beautiful house. But then all of the sudden, towards yeah. the end of the movie, yeah. they go to this cabin on a lake, uh-huh. and it is picturesque, beautiful. So if you just Google search after listening to this episode, British Columbia Lake, just search that. Sure. That's exactly what was at the end of this uh-huh. movie. It is gorgeous. Where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is we read the trivia and at yeah. the end it was like, Harrison Ford enjoyed filming so much at this place. He spent $30 million on a like house, like on this lake. Yeah. And I just thought that like nothing is more hilarious than watching a movie like that. I mean like, wow, that is beautiful. But then like the main character of the movie being like, yeah, it is beautiful. I want it. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and then buying it. That had nothing to do with the actual movie itself. Yeah. I just thought it was a fun aside. Yeah. So anyway, you, you it made was, it through the I movie. I made it through the movie. Perfectly it was fine. more fast paced. Fast paced. So it allowed plot. me. You had a lot more plot you yeah. could get into that Poison wasn't Poison Vision couldn't to you. get me down. <laughs> yeah. I knew the plot the whole way. Yeah. There, mm, did you? <laughs> I, I think I, I think mostly you did. Up. They definitely explained oh, a couple oh, of Oh, no. Items. Remember, remember when... Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Remember when the bad guy makes her call, call on yeah, the voicemail? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, so he was cheating yeah, with yeah, his yeah. wife? Yeah. And you were like, Just wait. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just wait. They'll explain this to you, you dummy. <laughs> I love you, but I, you're being a dummy. I'm the smartest, dumbest movie person you you've really ever are. met. You are, uh, there have been so many movies. So many movies. We hey, have watched you guys, You guys know the movies where they do that like thing where they do very expository dialogue where yeah, they're like, yeah. good thing our dad, blah, blah. I, I'm the person they write that for. Yeah, yeah. I'm so the person, I'm so sorry. I'm the person that's rolling their eyes at that scene. I'm like, yeah. I got it. I, I mean, listen, I'm also it. rolling my eyes, but I'm also like, thank you. We've watched so many, like, unbelievable amount of movies I can't even count, uh-huh. where you looked at me and you've gone like, what's happening? <laughs> it's a look. I don't even yeah. say the words. I just look over and I'm like, no, no, you know what I do? I go, pause, 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 pause. Um, just so I'm just, on the same page. Just so we're, I mean, I got it. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to do a quick debrief yeah. with you so as that a, we are caught up together. As a smart dummy. Um, <laughs> we can both agree that yeah. while, Harrison, while, we, yeah. while we think that he was having an affair with the wife, we yeah. know that that's not the case because... Even better, I like to just go like, you know this isn't Harrison Ford from Blade Runner in this movie, right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got that. Uh, so anyway, uh, Firewall, what do you give it? Not the name. Seven the and a half. name is terrible. There's literally oh, nothing, there's to, do nothing to do with the firewall. There's nothing to do with the firewall. Not yeah, a single thing to do with the firewall. Thing. It's computers, but no firewall. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Uh, I think it's fair. I think I'd go down to seven, but it's still a very enjoyable watch. What brings it down to seven? Um, I think just the lack of good henchmen in this movie. That drove me nuts. Like what? A, Jamie Lannister Jamie is a great Lannister henchman. Jamie is fine, but the other ones are like insubordinate. Like, if you're going to get henchmen, get henchmen that are going to do their job. You're going to dock it half a point because of the henchmen? Because of insubordinate henchmen. <laughs> yes, I am. Absolutely. Okay, uh, fair enough. But definitely, definitely worth a watch. And I think just knowing how your vision is, is feeling, different than vision Paul Bettany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great wow. tie-in. <laughs> uh, this weekend, we should absolutely try and find two more family kidnapping movies we can watch back-to-back just to keep you Yeah, because that's in. that seems to be the kicker. Oh, also... Do you, do you experience vertigo? Try ki- family <laughs> kidnapping <laughs> family movies. Kidnapping. Uh, also, s- s- kind of a sad note for me, what? Uh, this Saturday will be my last Saturday of popcorn for <gasps> two 
almost three weeks. Very sad Because I have you. a bunch of dental work that's getting done next week, and I have some temporary crowns that are going in. And we can't and do I popcorn. He just advised against it. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably don't want to mess up this oh, expensive yeah. dental work. So that's going to be sad for me. Hey, I'm not so making sad. you popcorn on Saturdays, Ooh. and I'm not eating it. You can make yourself popcorn. There's not, no... I would never ask you to make me popcorn that you couldn't eat. I would never do that you to sure? you. I would never do that to you. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm going to ask one more time. Are you sure? <laughs> Depends on how bad I <laughs> There <feel. laughs> we go. Uh, all right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, joking aside, we really do appreciate you. We thank you so much for tuning in every single week and enjoying these. For sending us messages, whether it's on Slack if you're a Waymer or via email if you just really have to leave a comment or if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it really does mean We love the reviews. Yeah. It's just really fun to hear from you and, and that you enjoy the show. So... Hope you take a summer break. Uh, hopefully we'll have some good news about Carol's eyes and the poisoning of them soon. Yeah, I Please. think I think maybe not by next episode, but by the next episode, two episodes from now, I think I will have no poisoned eyes. And yes. let's just all cross our fingers and I'll be back to good as new. All right. And have a lot of safe fun out there as things start to open back up. And we love your faces. And Go bye. enjoy some Acoustic Creed. Yeah. Can you take me higher? Wow.